you know, do we have more defects on a certain part or a machine that runs some of the parts versus another one or by shift or by time of day or, or things like that, that they just, you know, they've, they've never really done before because they couldn't trust the data they had, right? You know, somebody wrote, oh, I did this at 3 a.m. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host, and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. You know what drives me nuts? When I arrive at a doctor appointment, check in, pay my copay, and then the receptionist hands me a clipboard with eight pages of paperwork to fill out. Didn't I just do this last time I was here? It's amazing how in a world that has become so digital over the past few decades, how many organizations are still doing analog data entry. And in the manufacturing sector, as probably many of you listening right now have witnessed firsthand, it's no exception. Today, my guest will tell you why a digital transformation of analog data entry processes is so important and all the ways it'll impact your business when you get it right. Let me introduce him. Greg Bowling is passionate about conquering real-world problems with technology solutions and driving continuous improvement within organizations. He has over 15 years of experience providing digital transformation leadership to manufacturing companies of all sizes. As Vice President of Sales and Customer Success at Alpha Software, Greg coaches organizations on leveraging the citizen developer movement to digitize manual and paper-intensive processes. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Well, I think this is a great topic. Um, I, you know, in, in my world as a marketer, it, you know, a lot of a lot of things, marketing and sales, a lot of things happen in an analog way, and um, I imagine you're you're seeing it a lot of that on, on your end too. So I'd I'd love to yeah. see, I'd love to have you start by just kind of painting a picture for our audience of you know, what do you see happening in the manufacturing sector right now when it comes to digital versus analog data entry? Yeah, so, you know, there's been a big movement um, to automate as much as possible. And you have smart factory and in industry 4.0, where we're attaching sensors to equipment and gathering all this data, you know, internet of things data. But almost every company I, I visit, there's always one part of their process where there's a, a person who's walking around and has to record a bunch of data. And um, that's almost always on paper, you know, clipboard, and it's a really inefficient process. So, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a problem area that I'm really excited to dive into because, you know, there's all these benefits from, from automation and from data collection and all the analysis you can do and being able to bring that last little segment of, you know, of the factory floor uh, into those, um, I think is, is a real benefit for people. Sure. Yeah. I mean, some of, some of these things probably feel a little bit obvious, but I imagine it's just 
companies get into a habit of doing things the way they've always been doing things. And um, maybe some of them are resistant to change, but you know, what, what's from your perspective, what's at risk when you are relying so much on paper or analog data entry? Yeah. I mean, the first, first part is it's slow, mm -hmm. right? So um, it almost, you know, somebody has to write it down. I don't know how fast you can write, but my handwriting gets really terrible the quicker I have to try to write. So it's, it's a slow process. It's error prone, you know, in terms of, did I write a five or a six, you know, can I tell my handwriting? Uh, did I write the wrong thing? Um, have I scribbled on it? Um, things like that. So that, that's the first thing is, you know, we're trying to capture information that's important. We feel it's important enough to have somebody go around and, and write it down. Um, but, you know, can we really rely on that information very well if, if we don't trust that, you know, maybe it got done or things got skipped because it's such a long process or, you know, oh, it was, we were really busy today. So we didn't, you know, take the time to fill out that, that particular one. So that's, that's the first thing. And, and so once, once that feels unreliable, then you're not really willing to take action on any of that data. And if you're not willing to, to act on your data, then what's the point again of, of capturing it? So, um, and we do know that this information is important. Um, otherwise we wouldn't have tried to, to you know, start collecting it. And we wanna make some decisions based on you know, some of the quality processes, for example, um, or some of our quality assurance, you know, audit processes that say, hey, this is important for us to, to maintain efficiency. And uh, so, you know, it leads to a lot of after the fact decision-making. So, oh, we had a problem and now we go back to the piles of paper or spreadsheets and we try to, you know, reconstruct what led us to this problem. And so we don't repeat it versus being able to be proactive about it and say, oh, I've got you know, the information is coming in a timely and accurate basis so that I can make a decision before I have a problem um, and, and sort of predict what's going on and then save myself. You know, one problem can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So um, that's kind of the inherent risk in, in, you know, these sorts of things is, is, you know, can I predict this in advance? Can I, can I get ahead of the curve so I can avoid, you know, running into some you know, fairly catastrophic issues. What are some of the, um, like, where are some of the places inside of a, a manufacturing facility where you typically see a lot of this manual data entry going on? Like, give me some tangible examples of things that are probably should not be done manually at this point, but you still see happening in a manual way. Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about a manufacturing facility, they're often very large. And while the equipment itself can be, you know, instrumented and, and have sensors and things on it. There's a lot of things dealing with the, the quality process in terms of inspecting results um, or expecting interim you know, pieces and parts where there's almost always a person that has to walk around and pick something up and measure it or make sure it doesn't have cracks in it. Um, and you know, while there are advances in, in you know, computer imagery and things that, that start to suss some of these out. There's a lot of processes, a lot of things that get created where it literally has to come down to a person just looking at it and saying, is this good enough to go to the next step? And, uh, and those people are almost always on their feet. Um, there's usually, you know, measurement data that has to be taken. Um, and so those are kind of the areas where, you know, are, are sort of ripe for improvement. 
right? And uh, I think some of the early attempts at that are just, oh, we give everybody a laptop and they can type it into a spreadsheet or something like that. But it's really um, not as effective as, you know, going truly mobile with, you know, devices that people are now used to carrying around phones and tablets and things where you can um, sort of sort of digitize that um, and, and sort of optimize for the use case, which is I'm on my feet. Uh, I might have one hand doing hanging onto something and I might have one hand that I need to enter the data with. Um, I need to do this quickly. I need to do it, you know, accurately. Um, and, and, you know, we want to not waste these people's time, you know, having to do a lot of manual uh, effort. So, yeah, so those are, those are kind of the, in those quality functions, I think there's inventory and inspection of, uh, you know, equipment, there's, uh, you know, just process audits and things like that, where, you know, somebody's observing something, right, or measuring something, and it has to be, some of it's somewhat maybe quantitative or qualitative, right, so maybe I just need to look around and say, you know, is this uh, excellent, good, or poor, right, so you think about like a, a 5S audit, where you might say, hey, is everything in its place, well, we had a lot of violations, we had some, we had very few, we had none, um, and then that's a little bit subjective. And, and so those are some things that you can't really just, you know, put a, a camera up and have a computer or at least, you know, not yet have, you know, an AI or something say, uh, there's too many, too many things, too many tools have been left out or the machine is too dirty. Um, you know, those are things that, are, that people have to, you know, evaluate and make a decision. And, and so today that's a lot of that is on paper or in a spreadsheet. So Greg, you've talked a little bit here about, you know, the risks of doing things in a manual or analog way. You've sort of talked about places where you see that happening. Your company, Alpha Software, has a essentially a software solution for digitizing a lot of, you know, these problems or these these areas where, you know, data is probably getting lost or not accurately recorded, or at least there is no data, I guess, really, that doesn't yeah. become useful to you unless it's recorded in, in some helpful way. So talk a little bit about, you know, your software and where it fits into the mix here for some context. Yeah, so, you know, uh, we have a product called Alpha Transform, which is a, a no-code mobile app builder. So it lets anyone turn their paper forms or spreadsheets into like a powerful mobile app. Um, so this this lets people digitize their processes that require you know somebody on their feet out there trying to collect some data things that are right now they're really hard to automate so um you know what this allows companies to do is you know get more timely and accurate information when they're out in the field or in the shop um collecting it uh, you know you can also collect new types of data that you can't really with a piece of paper like photos um gps coordinates of where i am if i'm out in the field um, you know, things like that record audio of, you know, a piece of equipment and said, this is what it sounds like. It doesn't sound right. You know, things like that. Um, our software is designed to work completely offline so that you can, you know, fill out your, your forms, fill out your data while you're disconnected. So if you happen to be in the basement or in a mine shaft or something like that, you can still use the application. Um, it, this includes features like looking up barcodes, you know, scanning a barcode to pull data about a piece of equipment or a, a part that you're manufacturing, um, and also assets like uh, quality standards and things that you might want to include so that the person using, you know, the app is saying, okay, I have to make a determination as to whether this, you know, part meets the specs. I can pull that up, 
even though I'm not connected to a network or anything right now, I have that available to me on, on a mobile device. Um, and then, you know, the software has some built-in analytics um, for evaluating all that information that you get back, building dashboards and charting and things like that. But it's also designed to connect into other systems so that, you know, it can be just the conduit of, you know, adding that one piece of additional information, the, the manual processes, the people um, into a, a bigger set where you might have machine data, <laughs> IoT data. You know, so you can merge these all together and make sort of holistic decisions. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's designed for a line of business user to build their own, their own apps. Uh, we have templates that come with it um, that you can use as starting points. Um, and, and really, you know, the idea is that it's driven by the business as a, you know, kind of as a citizen developer. Very cool. What are there some... Um... Are there success stories or any examples where you can, you know, you've sort of watched a transformation take place or you saw a company that was here and, and doing all these things manually and, and experiencing, you know, the, the problems that result from that. And, and then they go through this process of digitizing and what that looked like on the other end. Yeah. I mean, first thing I'll mention is that I, one of the things I like to do is ask people to show me what they're doing today. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen a lot of companies' forms, um, and we always ask, like, can I have a, a copy that's been filled in, right? Because I want to see what what everybody's doing when they're out there. And just some of the crazy things that I've seen on pieces of paper that have come across, um, you know, here's a sheet of paper that has thumbprints on it and smudges and somebody's lunch spilled on it. Um, I've seen forms where people say, okay, write the number, but if it's a certain situation, underline it. And if it's a different search situation, circle it. And it has all these special things. And then there'll be call outs and arrows and, and all this sorts of things. So um, the first, you know, just general success that we're able to have with, with things like that is just to standardize, you know, the information capture. And it's like, okay, um, you're just typing a number in now and it might do calculations for you on that. You don't have to do any math on your own. Um, or things like that, so that you know the end result is we're getting you know good quality data coming in that you don't have to kind of squint at and decide you know <laughs> what did they mean when they threw this arrow or crossed this one out or you know what's under the jelly stain on on the upper corner of this. Um, and then you know as a specific example, um, I've been working with a, a company that does you know blow mold and injection mold plastic parts. Um, and uh, so they have a, a pretty sophisticated uh, first piece inspection process. So, you know, the idea here is before they make an entire production run, you know, they're going to do a, a single part and then they're going to inspect it, make sure that everything came out okay. And then, you know, once it's given approval, then they'll run the whole job. Um, and their, and this, their process is essentially the, the, the manufacturing tech that sets up the, you know, the blow mold machine to run the part and gets it all going and runs it and has a whole page of uh, paper that they would fill out with all the information about the part and, you know, what they were doing and what shift they're on and what time it was and, and all of this. And they would have to write this all out on a sheet of paper. And then they'd have to go find one of their quality control techs to come and take a look at it. And that quality control tech has an entire another sheet of paper that they have to fill out. Some of the information is the same um, where they're taking the measurements and comparing against the standards and saying, okay, this is a, an acceptable you know, part so we can go ahead and move forward. And that process might go back and forth a couple of times if they find an issue 
and they might have to go back to manufacturing to run another part and then another inspection. So it was a really uh, laborious process there. And, and it's a pretty large facility as well. So tracking somebody down to do the next step might take a little while. They could be on the other side of the, the plant and things like that. Eventually they would get all this paper together into a, a packet that they would staple um, you know, with the, the job order, the work order and the, the bill of materials and everything. And, and that stack of paper would have to get to an office somewhere. And then they'd have a clerk that would type this all into a, to a system database um, so that they could try to make some, um, some decisions based on that, that data. And, and it's, so it was a really slow and error prone process for them. Um, so what we were able to do with them is, is they were able to digitize that process and workflow and they're using tablets that the technicians have um, to do that. And so now they have, you know, forms that they can collect, you know, readable data that's validated and everything makes sense for them. Um, they're optimized for the, the task at hand so that they don't have to you know, write a bunch of stuff. They don't have to type a lot. There's a lot of buttons that they just say yes, no. Um, you know, it really speeds the ability to enter them in. Um, those forms are set up so that they can just scan barcodes from the, the bomb. So if they have the part number and they scan the barcode, it's going to fill in a lot of that information that they were having to write in by hand. It just has a database to look it up against. Um, the, you know, what color plastic is in there? What color resin are they using? You know, they have a thousand different color codes and, and so they're just able to scan those right away and, and enter all that in so that it's all standardized um, information. The other thing they're able to do is now they can collect photos as part of that process so that if something is approved or rejected, they include photos of the first piece, um, you know, top, bottom, side, whatever, you know, they, they think is necessary to sort of document um you know with the inspection signing off on it that here's a picture of the actual thing um and that's actually led to better accountability um, on their side because now you know the techs are able to say like here's a picture of what i you know did or you know if they don't include a picture then it's like well you know what's the problem here why why haven't you you know proven that that this is really true mm -hmm. um you know, the forms are able to just automatically timestamp the, you know, the data as they're working through it. So this is not relying on them to write down what time it was they actually did the inspection. It's doing it for them, but also means that they can't fudge it, <laughs> um, which means that, you know, it's, it's a little more accurate for them as well. Um, there's notification, you know, for these steps of the workflow so that um, when the first, you know, manufacturing tech fills it in, it's going to send a notification that, hey, something's ready for the next step so that that person can come down and take care of it without having to, you know, chase people around or, or you know, page them over the intercount com or, or whatever. Um, and so it's, it's really kind of sped up that process as well. And, and what they're looking at is, you know, obviously time from the start to the end, you know, when somebody does the first piece to when they get done doing the job, they want to make that as, as small as possible, um, you know, because it's just throughput for them. Um, and the whole thing works offline for them, which means if they have some dead spots in the, you know, in the factory floor, um, then they're still able to do the, you know, fill in the forms and, and do the work that's needed. So what they've actually found is they're eliminating their need for somebody to do data entry entirely. So that's a headcount reduction for them or a reassignment. Um, 
you know, they've shortened that process, you know, from first piece to full run because they're not waiting to find somebody. Um, you know, it's faster to fill this out than to write all the stuff down that they were doing before. Um, and, you know, like I said, with the photos, there's better accountability. It's like you, you have photographic proof of, of the piece. Um, so you can't really get away with, with uh, you know, maybe fudging one because you're a little behind schedule or things like that. Um, you know, and then they just have overall better confidence in the data they've collected because of this, right? So, um, you know, and this lets them do more sophisticated analysis. You know, they, they can trust the timestamps on when things happen. Um, we're able to collect the current weather conditions when they do that as well. Um, outside, we're able to conduct, you know, which shift was it? What time of day was it? What day of the week? What was the weather like? Um, and then they're able to do a little bit you know, more sophisticated analysis by saying, you know, do we have defects when the weather is a certain, when it's raining out? Do we have more defects when it's raining out than not? Um, you know, do we have more defects on a certain part or a machine that runs some of the parts versus another one or by shift or by time of day or, or things like that, that they just, you know, they've, they've never really done before because they couldn't trust the data they had. Right, you know, somebody wrote, "Oh, I did this at 3 a.m." and it might have been at 2 a.m. It might have been at 4 a.m. You know, um, but that's just what they scribbled down because they have to get this paperwork filled out and and things like that. So, um, what they're doing now is sort of expanding this into other areas um, beyond just the first, you know, first piece inspection. So, uh, they obviously they do audits of the production run. You know, pull some samples off a pallet, um, and they do thousands of these a week. Um, and so they're able to, to digitize that process as well, including photos and, and defect codes and, and uh, you know, corrective action and, and those kinds of things. They're able to do that in a mobile sense, which then you know, just lets them speed that process. It, it's, you know, it's better accountability, there's better visibility, uh, it's more timely. Um, you know, and they're looking at things like now inbound shipment of materials, right? They do quality checks on that. Now they can record in a standardized way, um, pictures of the sample bags and, and pictures of the, you know, the receipt and things like that. And which silo did it go into? And, and all of that can be recorded very quickly. They're actually setting it up so the truck drivers themselves can fill out the initial uh, delivery information when they come in, because it could be four o'clock in the morning when the truck gets there, right? And some of the regular dock staff aren't, aren't around. And then, you know, then the quality people get notified and then they can come down to the dock and, and check it in and make sure sample bag looks okay and it's the right thing. Putting it in the right silo and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's really uh, kind of helped them, you know, be a little more sophisticated in what they're doing. Um, I think it gives them a lot more confidence in what's going on you know, overall and, you know, in the plant, um, because they're getting all that information, you know, from, from people who are making those decisions or, 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 you know, providing that information based on their observations, but they're getting it in a structured, standardized way. They're getting it timely and accurate. Um, and it just, it just gives them a better sense of what's going on on the shop floor. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty exciting. You certainly have me convinced because there's a lot, yeah. lot in there, obviously that's yeah. super beneficial. Um, I mean, I don't think it's, if, if, you, if you told somebody, Hey, you, you really need to move from paper to 
digitized data. I don't think anybody's going to argue in general, but then when you look at all the ways that it impacts your business in, in a setting like this, it's, um, you realize how powerful it can be on uh, it touches so many areas of operations. Yeah. And I think there's, what's interesting is that companies are realizing there's whole areas of, of the organization that they don't even bother with paper because it's so time intensive. Mm -hmm. It's like this information, you know, isn't valuable enough to, to commit the amount of time that somebody would have to do to fill out a piece of paper to do it. But now they're able to create little mobile apps to do it where it's like, Oh, if I'm, you know, doing my job and I see, Hey, there's a, a maintenance issue here. There's a pipe leaking. Um, I can just stop and grab a photo and fill out like a little form with like, Hey, here's, and it can figure out where I am, you know, and then just hit submit and I can go on my day. And then the maintenance people get, get the information and they're able to come send somebody to go take a look at that. Whereas, you know, in a, without that, if you walk by and you're like, Oh, that's leaking. Well, that's been leaking for a week and I got things I got to do. Right. And I can't go, you know, fill out the form or call some, you know, those kinds of things. So it, it opens up a lot of different areas of, of being able to collect data that, that, you know, they don't normally have access to, right. You wouldn't think to do it because of, you know, maybe it's too time consuming. Um, I worked with another company that they had a paper form they were using to track stuff on the shifts, but they didn't have any KPIs behind it because they didn't know, you know, getting the data into a system to even, you know, do analysis. It was really just putting a file cabinet and they say, Oh, if we have a problem, we'll go back to the next last Tuesday's shift form. We'll go look and see if they said anything or they forgot to do something or, or whatever. And, and so it's just like, you know, that's a process that they were doing because they felt like they needed to, but it was really just, you know, for after the fact, you know, they didn't even understand how they would measure like success or failure because they didn't have the data in a system to even, you know, look at it. So there's, there's all kinds of areas like that. Once you start to sort of automate and digitize those sort of manual processes, those paper processes that really open up, you know, new avenues for, Ultimately, you're trying to be more efficient and cost-effective in everything you're doing, um, and, and that's kind of the whole, you know, the whole mantra behind it. So, okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla Seventy Six tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Mary, take it away. Yes. So I'm Peyton Warren, and I'm Mary Keo. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations. We meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to get better at a manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value. No cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. Oh, and on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where our attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together all week long between sessions. 
We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. Yeah, and I imagine there are probably some intangibles too. I mean, I'd be curious to hear from you. I mean, everybody's, just about everybody listening right now is probably being impacted in some way by you know the labor shortage in manufacturing. And I'm just kind of curious, do you find that when a company really embraces technology like this and they start doing things in a more efficient, tech savvy way that they just the perception of their business, both to their existing employees and, and potential, you know, uh, future workers who may be vetting them as a, as an employer, like, does it have a, a positive impact from that perspective? Yeah, because I think younger workers, they've all grown up with technology in their lives. Um, you know, they, everybody's had a smartphone, you know, if you're talking, you know, somebody who's 30 or younger, probably doesn't remember a time that, you know, you didn't have smartphones. You know, my, my daughter got hers when she was in fifth grade. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's things like that. So they're used to having technology around. So when they're looking at places to work, they kind of, they, they want a, a forward looking company, you know, and they don't have a, a very high tolerance for like mundane manual tasks. And it's because they've been able to eliminate them from their own lives you know, with technology, you know, they, they have robot vacuum cleaners, right? It's like, oh, I don't like to vacuum my, I'll just buy a robot vacuum cleaner and it'll do it for me, right? Or online ordering. It's like, I don't have to go to the store. I can just, you know, go to my app and, and I can have a sandwich delivered to me or, a, or an office chair, right? Um, so they, you know, they're used to that kind of world where it's just like anything that's sort of boring or, or laborious, you can eliminate that through some kind of technology. So they want to work at companies that are, are doing the same thing and, uh, you know, getting rid of, you know, they, they don't have a, they just, they don't want to do the really long, boring tasks and who really blames them, right? Um, so they're also looking for jobs where they feel like they can make a contribution to the company, right? Even at, even at the, you know, entry level. And, and so something like the citizen development movement where, you have tools for creating, you know, software and apps uh, that don't require you to be like a, a programmer or a developer. Uh, let somebody that's in that line of business, you know, make an app that solves some problem without a lot of work. So you, you sort of get the people that are have the expertise of the business problem at hand, and they're able to create the applications they need to kind of solve some of those problems. Um, so you know, having that kind of culture in an organization is really attractive for, for those types of, of workers um, because they, they feel like, you know, they're contributing, um, their voice is being heard. They don't have to do just busy work. You know, everything they do is important and, and uh, you know, on the cutting edge and, and those sorts of things. So it really, you know, kind of takes just a little bit of a culture of maybe investing in, in technology or in being willing to look, evaluate technology uh, look at ideas on, okay, this is how a process has always been done, but is there a better way? Can we make this more efficient? Can we make this, you know, less annoying? <laughs> uh, things like that. And, and I think those are the kind of organizations that a lot of, you know, people are looking to work for, um, even in, in a manufacturing sense, even if they're, you know, just operating, you know, on the, on the production line, they still want to feel like that, that maybe they have more of a contribution than just, um, you know, 
putting things in boxes or pushing a button, you know, six times a, a minute um, where, you know, they're able to contribute, you know, to efficiency and to, you know, the, the, the process and the success of the company and then those kinds of things. Those are, those are areas that I think we see across all industries, but um, certainly I know manufacturing is, is struggling um, to sort of attract younger, uh, younger employees. And it's a, um, you know, something that, that has to get solved as people start to age out, um, you know, and, and, and need to, you know, find ways to backfill uh, those, those roles or, or automate, you know, and, and eliminate. <laughs> well, it's probably, so. probably a bit of all, all of that, right? It's there are a lot of, a lot yep. of forces, I think that can work together to help solve some of the problems that are going on right now with, with labor and, you know, the, just the, the way the workforce is evolving. So. That's good. Um, Greg, is there anything I did not ask you that you'd like to add to the conversation today? No, I think, you know, for me, it's just, I'm really excited to, you know, talk with companies and help them sort of on these journeys of, of how do we, uh, how do we sort of scrub out these manual processes? How do we be more efficient? Um, how do we eliminate paper? Um, you know, because the benefits there are, are immense you know, in terms of cost and time savings um, and, and just improving, you know, overall quality, improving overall efficiency. Um, so, you know, this is an area where I think, you know, it's kind of a long tail of, of you know, modernizing manufacturing and that, you know, the, the machinery has been getting all the, the sensors and, and, you know, robotics and, and automation. And there's just, there's always this, the manual process behind it that um, kind of got left behind. So it, it's been really, really exciting to work with companies to sort of get over that hurdle and, um, you know, kind of, kind of move forward. Love it. Well, Greg, um, where would you direct people to connect with you and to learn more about Alpha Software? Yep. Uh, you can go to alphasoftware.com um, and there you can see, uh, both the transform uh, application as well as some of our industry solutions. Um, look at some of the sample templates that we have, uh, some of the case studies of, of companies that we've worked with. Um, and that's it. Beautiful. Well, Greg, great conversation today. I appreciate you doing this. Sure. Yep. Appreciate you having me. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.